Binge the full week of The Ray Taylor Show ad-free over at InspiredDisorder.com slash plus. This is The Ray Welcome to Top 5 from The Ray Taylor Show, where each week I rank movies in a variety of categories from franchise and subgenre to director and actors. No film is left unwatched as I break down my top five picks. So join me every Sunday for a new episode and get ready to dive into the world of film with Top 5 from The Ray Taylor Show. On this episode, I am ranking my top five films Featuring the Best Actor Award winner, Brendan Fraser. Uh, It's kind of an interesting career that he's been on. Uh, He is one of Hollywood's most beloved actors, at least at one point. There was a bit of a falling out, and he is back, baby. Uh, You all remember Brendan Fraser, right? He's the guy who starred in all of your favorite movies from the 90s and early 2000s. He was in The Mummy, George of the Jungle, and See No Man, and Be Dazzled. And who could have forgot his unforgettable performance in School Ties? That's right, the movie that taught us all to never trust Matt Damon. But let's be real, what happened to Brendan Fraser? It's like he disappeared off the face of the earth. He went from being one of the biggest stars in Hollywood to a virtual unknown. Uh, And uh, some say he was lost in the jungle. Others say he was cursed by an ancient Egyptian pharaoh. But seriously, Brendan Fraser is a talented actor and deserves more recognition. He's got range, he's got charisma, and he's got a well-rounded filmography. He's a true Hollywood gem, and we should appreciate him while he's around. So let's get into my top five Brendan Fraser movies. The man, the myth, the legend. Starting off with my fifth favorite film from Brendan Fraser. A lot of Fs going on in this podcast. I can already tell. Number five coming in. I wanted to make a list, obviously, Of five movies. And my list I wanted to represent how diverse the movies have been in Brendan Fraser's filmography. He's been in all kinds of different movies. He has portrayed all kinds of different characters. And I wanted to try as long as they could fit uh, and represent each of those different versions of Brendan Fraser and movies that he's been in. And try to take the best of each of those categories. So starting off with number five is one from the action category of Brendan Fraser. The action hero, Brendan Fraser. Coming in number five is The Mummy Returns. Came out in the year 2001. Action adventure movie. Sequel to the 1999 film The Mummy. Right, The movie follows adventurer Rick O'Connell and his wife, Evelyn, and their son, Alex, as they embark on a quest to stop the evil mummy, Imhotep, from resurrecting his lost love, Anxunamun, and taking over the world. The story is set in 1933, 10 years after the events of the first film, and takes place in Egypt and London. The O'Connells are joined on their quest by a group of allies, including Ardith Bay, uh, uh, Magi Warrior, you have Jonathan 
uh, Conahan, El- Evelyn's brother, and Alex's new friend, a young thief named Izzy. Along the way, the group encounters various obstacles, including a deadly cult known as the Scorpion King's Army and a tribute uh, or a tribe, I should say, of pygmy mummies. Meanwhile, Imhotep must contend with his own challenges, including his loyalty to Oksana Moon and his desire for power and immortality. The movie features several notable action sequences, which is why I picked this one over the first mummy i think the action in this movie is elevated i enjoyed it i had a lot more fun do the special effects necessarily hold up no but neither did the special effects from the first movie so the fun action sequences is really why i chose this one to be on the list uh including a a chase through a uh through a double-decker bus in a london uh double-decker bus in london and a battle between O'Connell's and the Scorpion King army, uh, which are both great action sequences. The Mummy Returns also introduces uh, a new mystical artifact, the Bracelet of Anubis, which plays a key role in the plot. The Mummy Returns was directed by Stephen Summers and starred Brendan Fraser, obviously, uh, Rachel Weisz, John Hanna, uh, Dwayne The Rock Johnson, and Arnold Vosloo. Uh, Dwayne, one of the first Dwayne Johnson movies. Obviously, he got the spinoff Scorpion King. Um, This is an action-packed movie, uh, and this is why this movie holds that place in the action films that he did uh, as my favorite. And I'm not necessarily a big fan of the Mummy franchise in general, so that is one reason why it's down here at number five. But I needed to have, it was very important for me to make sure I had at least one of these action movies that he is a part of in this list. Uh, it's bigger and better action, I would say, than the first film. And that is why this movie is here instead of the first. I think the first might be rated better. I don't know. I found the first movie to be a little racist. <laughs> and this one didn't seem to be quite as overtly racist as the first one. But. A lot more fun, both kind of cheesy action adventure, very similar to like an Indiana Jones-ish, but The Mummy Returns, uh, a lot of fun. That is why it's here at number five, my fifth favorite, The Mummy Returns. Moving on to my fourth favorite film featuring Brendan Fraser. This is a movie, when I watched it, out of all these movies, I watched probably like 15 Brendan Fraser movies this past week. And this one was hovering at the top of my list for the longest time and slowly got knocked down to where it sits now at number four. This is one of the films in the drama section, the aspect of Brendan Fraser's career where he performed in dramatic films. Also a film that is a theme in many of his films where it tackles kind of a a prejudice, bigotry and uh and hate and sometimes he is the one on the outside sometimes he is the one who is the target of the hate and this one is one of those that he is the target of the hate and a great movie kind of a lot of young up-and-coming actors that have done very big things with their career so coming at number four is school ties School Ties came out in 1992. It's a drama set in the 1950s. 
right? It's a movie that follows David Green. That is Brendan Fraser's character, David Green. He's a talented Jewish high school football player um, from Scranton, Pennsylvania, home of The Office, right? At least the American version of The Office, uh, who earns a scholarship to attend an exclusive prep school in Massachusetts, uh, which obviously is a very religious school as well, which he has to kind of keep his religion secret. At the school, David faces anti-Semitism from classmates who are mostly from wealthy, uh, influential families. Uh, despite this, David tries to fit in and makes friends uh, with several of his teammates. Uh, David's popularity at the school is threatened when it is discovered that he is Jewish and his friends are forced to choose between standing by him or maintaining their social status. The conflict between David and his classmates comes to a head when he is accused of cheating on a test. And it's between him and Matt Damon's character. And Matt Damon is a dirtbag in this movie, I gotta say. Uh, the movie explores themes of identity, conformity, and prejudice, obviously anti-Semitism. And uh, School Ties was directed by Robert Mandel and stars Brendan Fraser uh, as David Green, as well as Chris O'Donnell, Matt Damon, and Ben Affleck in supporting roles. Uh, it's so crazy to see all these actors so young. Uh, the film received critical acclaim for its performances, direction, and themes, and is considered a powerful commentary on class and religion in America. This is one of my favorite dramatic performances by Brendan Fraser, a young Brendan Fraser as well, uh, which he's done a few kind of those college-based types of movies that challenges ideas of certain people. Um, but this one's great. I, it's a great movie. It's been forever since I've watched it. And on the rewatch, it's like, oh, this is solid. I love his performance in this. And it's insane how just openly racist people were at a time in this country and how desperately those people are trying to get back to that time right now. Uh, so anyway, coming in at number four is School Ties. Let's take a quick break from this episode to talk about are you a fan of art, movies, and all things entertainment? Then you need to check out youtube.com slash inspired disorder. Our page is jam-packed with all kinds of great content, including making of videos of the many faces and ongoing art series of abstract ink paintings. But that's not all. We also feature daily episodes from the Ray Taylor Show, a podcast that brings you movie reviews, TV show reviews, episode recaps, opinion on news and entertainment and much more there's also a weekly diary and top five movie rankings of a variety of categories and if that wasn't enough we've also got how-to videos covering all kinds of topics so why wait head on over to youtube.com slash inspired disorder and start exploring the amazing content we have to offer and now back to the show moving on to my third favorite Brendan Fraser film. This is one of the newer films that he's in. This is also a film in that same kind of dramatic performance category as the previous film. This movie, I would say, is by far his best performance. So coming in at number three is The Whale. This movie is obviously a drama directed by Darren Aronofsky. The film follows a 600-pound man named Charlie, who is played by Brendan Fraser, 
who is isolated and depressed after the loss of his partner. The story is centered around Charlie's attempts to reconnect with his estranged teenage daughter, Ellie, who's played by uh, Julia uh, Garner. Is that her name? Something from uh, Stranger Things. Is that right? I need to double check that. For some reason, that sounds wrong. Um, no, it is Sadie Sink. I don't know where that name. Oops, Miss Brent. Uh, yeah, Sadie Sink from Stranger Things plays his daughter. Uh, the, f- the film received mixed reviews. It is not that well-reviewed of a movie. I can kind of understand why on some levels. I did review this movie on Monday, so if you want to listen to my complete thoughts of the movie The Whale, go check that out. Uh, so received mixed reviews from critics, uh, with some praising the performances of the cast, particularly Brendan Fraser. Obviously, he won Best Picture, uh, Best not pick, Best uh, Actor, Best Lead Actor in a film, uh, in for his performance, which I th- agree with. I think deserves that award and uh, his by far his best performance in any film. Uh, while others criticize the portrayal of fat people and the use of prosthetics instead of casting an obese actor, which I talk about in my review and is something that I'm very critical about movies doing, too. I really don't like movies that still use fat suits and the the ways they use them when there's plenty of options of people to do it. But on some level, I do understand the fact that this is a lead and wanting to get an experienced actor. And Brendan Fraser at the time of this filming was kind of a big guy. We look at him in the films that he did right before this. Like he had kind of blown up himself. So it's not like he was young in shape Brendan Fraser from the Mummy franchise. So I don't know. I thought his performance and the prosthetics and fat suit by far the best I've seen. Like it looked realistic to me where so many of them do not and so many of them are so ridiculous um so i can understand the criticisms i didn't necessarily have those problems uh with the fact that they cast him instead of an actual obese person to play this role which may have been better which may have given somebody an opportunity to start a career but it is what it is. Uh, despite the controversy, Fraser's performance was widely acclaimed, uh, with some critics calling it uh, his best work. I would agree, and this won him Best Actor Oscar. The film was praised for its exploration of themes such as guilt, sexuality, religion, and human impulse to care and be cared for, which are amazing how it tackles. Like I related to this movie hit me hard. As somebody who struggled with my weight my entire life and knows how differently people treat you when you are overweight versus when you are thin and knowing how that can become your identity. But also the other characters in this who are at the different perspectives, whether there's somebody who is abandoned, whether there's somebody who sees their friend, the one they care about, struggling with an addiction, seeing somebody slowly kill themselves like I related to all of the characters in this movie and it was profound it was great and the more i think about it the more i love this movie um so that's why it's number three maybe it could have been higher i kind of other movies you'll see why i put them higher than this but number three 
Uh, it's great. Aronofsky defended his use of the prosthetic, saying that it was a common tool for actors and that the film aimed to create a fully worked out character who had both good and bad parts, which I highly it is very much centered around that character. And I, I do believe I I think it's an honest portrayal of what that is, that reality can be like for people. Overall, The Whale is a poignant and emotional exploration of human connection and the struggle to overcome isolation and pain. Uh, by far the best performance, as I said, by Brendan Fraser. Absolutely, hands down. Uh, maybe not my favorite movie he's in, which is this list, but one where I, I loved his performance so much and it was a powerful movie. That's why it is here at number three, The Whale. Now, moving on to my second favorite Brendan Fraser film. This is a film that kind of came out of nowhere. Uh, It's another more recent film. And a movie that I think we see a different side of Brendan Fraser. We haven't seen, like, the evil Brendan Fraser. Maybe there are movies where he is, but he's usually kind of, usually he's, like, more of the lovable kind of lead whether it's comedy or other things, where this movie he is playing, I would say, the most off-type that he's done in anything. So that reason, it's at number two. I really do like this movie as well. I think it's a well-made movie and one that I think I would enjoy watching more than The Whale. So I could see flipping this in number three, depending on my mood, depending where I'm at, um, because Brent Fraser obviously isn't as big of a part of this movie as The Whale were the whale is pretty much centered around him he's in every scene uh but anyway coming in at number two is no sudden move which is a movie that came out in 2021 crime thriller directed by steven soderbergh which i'm a fan of soderbergh he's doing this kind of super wide angle thing which is a little off-putting but i love the story of this i love this like kind of interconnected web of crime and things that happen brendan fraser kind of plays a a muscle that's kind of choreographing one aspect of this movie and the movie i was referring to when i said that brendan fraser is kind of big like he is a big dude in this movie he has put on a lot of weight whether that's from personal issues or something that he did specifically for this role definitely the biggest you've seen him naturally aside from the whale uh this movie is set in 1954 detroit and follows a group of criminals who are hired to steal a document the document turns out to be very valuable and and a dangerous one and the criminals find themselves caught in a web of deception and betrayal the main characters are played by an ensemble cast including don Cheadle, benicio del toro david harborough john ham brendan fraser ray liotta one of Ray Liotta's last films, rest in peace. The film explores themes of greed, corruption, racial tension. Uh, the uh, I really appreciated this film's attention to detail overall. The historical accuracy, despite the plot being a bit uh, convoluted at times, you know, but it's still a great story and an interesting topic that I never would have thought. Like, you never would have thought you would make a movie about catalytic converters. How are you going to make a movie about catalytic converters make it interesting? Oh, watch No Sudden Move, right? Uh, 
and because of that the characters are a little bit draw uh thinly drawn as it were you don't really get to, they don't get fleshed out but there are so many it is really a movie about the story and about how all of these people get chewed up and spit out where the people on top the the elites of this country always kind of end up unscathed right right the focus is way more about the larger american capitalist machine and how it chews up and spits out most people while a few people at the top always come out ahead i mean we look at the recent pandemic that we just went through right people struggling more than ever inflation corporate greed price gouging meanwhile despite a global pandemic the upper echelon of wealthy people just increased their wealth exponentially during this insane time every tragedy that happens somehow benefits them and this movie illustrates that in a very painful way uh, no sudden move is considered to be an entertaining and well-crafted crime thriller uh, with a talented cast and strong directing absolutely brennan is a smaller part of this film uh, of this ensemble cast but he's definitely a great performance uh, for him nonetheless uh, and it's also I would say the quote-unquote best movie he's in I mean that could be arguable with the whale um, but I would say those two would probably I mean there's an argument for school ties as well but I would say this is kind of the best uh, well-rounded performances as well uh, the writing's good. The story's good. Like all, it, this movie checks a lot of boxes as far as being a good film. Um, it's also one of the few times, as I said before, if you've ever seen Brennan play an angry or unlikable character, uh, it's like something new from a guy who has seemingly done everything in Hollywood, played every kind of different character. Uh, so coming in at number two, my second favorite Brendan Fraser movie is No Sudden Move. Let's take a quick break from this episode because I want to talk about, are you looking to add some unique and expressive artwork to your home, office, or wardrobe? Look no further than the Many Faces series by Ray Taylor. That's me. These abstract paintings on paper explore the endless possibilities of the human face, capturing unique expressions of emotion, mood, tone, and energy in just a few minimal features. Now you can bring these stunning and thought-provoking pieces into your own space with high-quality prints and t-shirts, featuring designs from the Many Faces series. Or take home a one-of-a-kind original piece for your collection. Don't miss out on this opportunity to add some original and expressive artwork to your home, office, or wardrobe. Head on over to InspiredDisorder.com to browse and purchase original artworks, prints, and t-shirts from the Many Faces series today. And now, back to the show! Moving on to my number one favorite Brendan Fraser movie. I have to say that I spent a lot of time looking at this list and rearranging movies, trying to decide how I want to rank these movies. Do I rank what the best performance is? Do I rank what I think the best movie is? Do I rank something that just was the most entertaining, the movie that I love to watch the most? And I settled on that. The movie that I was good, he's got a good performance, but ultimately is the movie that I loved watching, re-watching to make this list, but also a movie that I think it just 
it's just so good, so fun, and an interesting character for Brendan Fraser as well. So coming in at number one, my favorite Brendan Fraser film is Airheads. I know. Maybe ridiculous, but for me, Airheads, by far my favorite. It is so much fun in re-watching it, and it, I, I'll get into it. So Airheads came out in 94. It is a comedy directed by Michael Lehman. Uh, the movie stars Brendan Fraser, Steve Buscemi, Adam Sandler, right? Pre kind of like before Adam Sandler was like Adam Sandler. Uh, the three struggling musicians who take a radio station hostage to get their demo tape played on air, right? Simple premise. The band members are Chaz, which is Brandon Fraser, Rex, and Pip, uh, who call themselves the Lone Rangers, which is funny how that's pointed out. doesn't make any sense. Uh, the accident they accidentally end up taking the station hostage with plastic squirt guns uh, filled with peppers with like hot sauce demanding to have their demo played on air the radio station is run by ian who is played by joe mantegna and the station dj played by michael mckean attempts to help the band and help their cause help them get their radio played hopefully get like their desire is to let labels hear it to sign them that they're getting signed by a label is their ultimate goal meanwhile the police led by sergeant o'malley played by ernie hudson aka the black dude from <laughs> uh ghostbusters 2 uh great as the sergeant they try to uh, negotiate the release of the hostages the film features a number of rock musician cameos roles uh, including Lemmy, Chris Cornell, and Judd Nelson. Eventually, the band members realize that they don't need to be violent to get the music heard and instead decide to stage a concert outside the station. Uh, the film was a box office success, uh, has become a cult classic among fans of the 90s comedy movies. By far the most fun I had. A movie that I don't think I watched a lot. I don't know if I had seen that until like... I was older in my late 20s, mid 20s, early 30s. Like this is a movie that I wasn't on my radar until later in life uh, versus so many other Brendan Fraser movies or comedies of the 90s. For whatever reason, I missed this movie. So I don't necessarily have that kind of nostalgia for this movie. But by far the most fun. It's, it's a comedy, I think, that holds up despite a lot of other comedies from that time that really don't. Uh, it, I love the younger aged uh that most of the actually love that most this movie ages well where most others don't um there's also so many fun subplots in this movie you have michael richards kramer obviously not a great guy but hilarious as kramer in seinfeld hilarious in this he works at the radio station ends up getting his subplot is that he's trying to escape and kind of in the duct work of this uh radio station and he gets recruited by the fbi to be their quote-unquote man on the inside his little subplot is hilarious you have chris farley in this film who plays one of the cops who's tasked with tracking down Chaz's girlfriend who has their backup demo tape, right? So you have Chris Farley going around trying to track down this tape. 
You have the radio station that's changing formats to like smooth to easy listening, right? Which obviously the DJ isn't happy with because he's going to be let go. So the DJ helps this band try to fulfill their dreams. Also taking advantage of the fact that there's no more rules. So he can cuss on the radio and do all these things that he normally wouldn't be able to do, but has the excuse of, you know, being held at gunpoint. Absolutely hilarious performance from David Arquette, who plays like a very Polly Shore kind of character. Not a big character, but hilarious. Like he's one of the other employees or DJs at the radio station. Absolutely. He's some of the funniest lines in this movie are from David Arquette. Uh, Chaz, Brendan Fraser, uh, has standards as well. And he will only sign a record contract with a label that actually listens to and loves his music, right? He doesn't want some blind contract. He wants to, he wants the label to legitimately like what he's doing and want to work with him, right? You have the crowd playing a big part in this whole hostage situation, right? Such a fun movie with so many fun characters, by far the most fun I had watching any of his movies. So much fun. Like it was like everything comes together where like so many, especially like the 90s comedy. He was in a lot of goofball comedies, which I'll kind of talk about the other movies in Brendan Fraser's career after this. But this one, I think, is is a great not only a great performance from him, but also just a really fun movie. Really great movie. Uh and like I said, I spent a lot of time rearranging my list. This movie was all over my list. It was always on the list, especially once I watched it. But trying to figure out what movie I should put as my number one, I felt the best when I kind of rearranged it in the order I have it. And having this at number one specifically, like, just felt like it fit. Like, to be honest with my heart, what I feel is my favorite Brendan Fraser movie. If I have a choice of Brendan Fraser movies, knowing the films that he's in and like my desire to put any of them on to just enjoy and a movie that I will probably watch the most is Airheads by far. And, uh, you know, I definitely wanted one of his comedies and I'd say this is by far the best comedy that he was in because there are some very goofball comedies. Um, so ultimately I went with my heart over my head, uh, but that is, uh, my number one favorite Brendan Fraser movie, Airheads. Honorable mentions, Blast from the Past was like kind of a really fun fish out of water. I actually think that his role in that would have been played better by Jim Carrey. Uh, I can just see Jim Carrey knocking that role out of the park. But a really fun premise and a really fun movie. Kind of drags a little bit. Kind of gets a little slow. But overall, I enjoyed it. Uh, Gods and Monsters was a movie that was on my list for the longest time. Uh, just another film about bias and prejudice similar to, in some ways, similar to uh, the uh, School Ties. Gods and Monsters. The Mummy, obviously fun, but I liked two better, so The Mummy didn't make it. Encino Man is the movie that I wanted so desperately to stay on this list. Uh, it is, I was a huge, as a child, huge Polly Shore fan. Loved all of his movies. Encino Man, not my favorite of the Polly Shore, which I'm going to be doing next week. We'll be doing my top five Polly Shore movies. 
uh, to see where Encino Man lands. I don't think it's my favorite. Actually, I know it's not my favorite, but uh, it was a, a fun rewatch. It's been a while since I've watched Encino Man. Also a fun rewatch because both Brendan Fraser and Kihui Kwan are in it and both won Oscars for their performances this past year. So Encino Man was a lot of fun. Tried desperately to hold on to it. It's it's the movie that I had the most childhood nostalgia for and ultimately couldn't make it on the list. So for all those people who may be angry at The Mummy not being on the list or Blast from the Past or Bedazz or any of the other movies that you may love of his, uh, this was the one I was trying to fight for and justify keeping on the list, but I ultimately couldn't. So we'll see if it comes if it makes my Polly Shore list next week. Um, but let me recap the list one more time and we'll get out of here. This is my top five favorite Brendan Fraser films. Starting off with number five is The Mummy Returns. Number four is School Ties. Number three is The Whale. Number two is No Sudden Moves. And my number one favorite Brendan Fraser movie of all time is Airheads. I want to know how you would rank your favorite Brendan Fraser movies. Are there is there a movie I missed? Obviously, I couldn't watch all of his movies. I did watch a bunch of them. There's some rom-coms that were like, eh. There's some other ones that were like, eh. But ultimately, the honorable mentions and my list are the ones that were in contention. Uh, but I would love to hear how you would rank your favorite Brendan Fraser movies. Uh, thank you, as always, for tuning in to this episode of Top 5 from The Ray Taylor Show. Uh, and uh, don't forget to tune in every Sunday for a new episode. Don't forget to join the conversation by leaving a comment or rating on your favorite podcast platform or over on YouTube.com slash Inspired Disorder if you're watching this. But until next week, I'll see you then for more top five new episodes of the ray taylor show come out every single day subscribe on youtube and everywhere our podcasts are found binge the full week over at inspireddisorder.com slash plus buy ray taylor show merch over at inspireddisorder.com have a wonderful day everybody peace out today is the day where you wake up and you realize that everything that you've been dreaming about everything that you've been wanting every goal and wish and hope that you've ever had can become real Dreams can come true. What you manifest in your mind, you can bring to reality.